Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. Now here's Pastor Brian Sparks. How is everybody doing this morning? You doing good? Are you freaking out a little bit? I, I, I saw people lost in the hallways, like calling for family. Like, where are you? I don't know where to go anymore. Uh, we, this is, uh, somebody said, uh, I told them that we had switched, and uh, they go, where have I been? Like, and I was like, don't worry. We just did this yesterday. It's not, a, not something that we've been doing for a long time. And so uh, what we did is we just swapped the rooms uh, for, if you're new here. You, you have no idea that we did anything different, so you're completely comfortable. But uh, we used to meet in the room next door, uh, but we gave that room to our kids' area. They get a lot more room. They can do check-in. You'll find as a parents, I think, that check-in, check-out is a lot easier. Uh, now we're always trying to figure out ways to make this easier. And, uh, and so uh, we are, bear with us. We're working on some kinks. We're working out a few things, and uh, we'll get there, okay? And so, uh, but this, we're able to actually fit 90 more chairs in here. Come on, somebody. Than we can over there. So uh, it's actually, uh, it, it's, it's more room for us. It's more room for them. And I don't know if you know this, uh, but it is cooler in here. It feels cooler to me anyway. I don't care about y'all. But because um, I have this crosswind, this breeze going, and it is awesome. And uh, so we're just so glad to have you here. My name is Brian Sparks, lead pastor here at the Church RC. And uh, and we, we are kicking off a brand new series today called Don't Do Life Alone. And I think that that is such an important thing for us all to know is that God has never intended for us to do life by ourselves. We, there, there's a lot of people out there that think that you, you're better by yourself, you don't like people, whatever, but the truth is, is that you need somebody in your life. Uh, you need somebody to, to, to every now and then, come on, and I, it, maybe if no other time do you need somebody in your life, you will eventually move. And when you move houses, you are going to be needing somebody in your life. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and, and the truth is, is that we're all better with friends. You know, we, we have people, we need people that will help us move. And then we need people that will help us move a body. That's kind of the way that we feel. That's, that's a friend. That's a real friend. So, no, we're always looking for people in our lives because we don't like doing life alone. And uh, so we're kicking off a brand new series today. Hope you get something out of it. And, and what we're doing is we're gearing up for community groups. And, and uh, we believe that we are not a church with community groups. We are a church of community groups. And what we do is, and just so you know, maybe you're new here, you've never heard of community groups, or uh, just kind of let you know the way that we do things here at the church, is we have, uh, we have a free market system. So you'll find that not all the community groups are the same. We're not all getting together in studying the book of Genesis or Revelations. That's not what we do. Not everybody, some of you are like, I don't like reading books. That's okay. Uh, we, have, we have all kinds of different groups, people that, what we do is we want you to work groups into your life. And so I usually do, on Mondays, I do a barbecue group because I like to eat. 
and every Monday at lunch, I'm going to eat. So I just kind of work that in. And, and uh, we have mom's groups, and we had, a, uh, we, we had a Frisbee golf group. Like, there's all these different groups. And so not all of them are spiritual. We have game night. Come on, just, just family game night uh, group. And so there's all these different groups that are going on. And, and uh, we encourage you to get signed up because we think that you shouldn't do life alone. But we've got some exciting things happening. Uh, we had just got a new office uh, or what are offices for ours, but it's not just offices. It's actually going to be our hub. Uh, it's 5,000 square feet. Come on, somebody of, of space in Caddo Mills. And I know it's in Caddo Mills, but uh, I love deals and that was a good deal. And so we, we, we got that as our place and we're going to be able to do United Nights there, which is awesome because right now our team already sets up and tears this down. And every United Night, they have to set that up and tear it down. And so it's gotten to be really difficult. So we're going to set that up. You're going to find that we do a lot of events there and different things. And so it's going to be an awesome space for us. And um, Anyways, lots of crazy things happening. We also have baptisms next Sunday. Come on. If you haven't ever been baptized, maybe you have been baptized, uh, but it was a long, long time ago. And you, you, you know, you just say, I want to rededicate. I've rededicated my life to Jesus and I'd like to be baptized again. I've had a few people ask me, can you do that? I'm like, absolutely. I mean, uh, we had one that was uh, a, a man that was baptized when he was a young man, uh, and he was still young, but just with a lot more gray in his in his in his hair. and And he decided that I want to be baptized just to show that I've rededicated my life to Jesus. And so he got baptized. And so, uh, and there's a lot of different things that I could tell you about baptism, but I will tell you this: that if Jesus did it. I think it's important that we do it, okay? And I think you can go to heaven, but I think it's just a public declaration saying, you know what, I have decided that I'm all in and I'm following Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, that's all I got for you. Acts 2. Acts 2. Aren't you glad you're a part of a church that's doing something fun, right? Come on, we're, we're taking new ground. We're excited about all that God has for us. And Acts 2, 44 through 47, I'm excited to kick this message off. And before I get started and before we jump in, let me just welcome all of our online community. Come on, as a church, everybody that's listening online, we welcome you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are bigger than these four walls. We have people that listen to this, uh, the, to our podcast all over the world, and we are so thankful for them. And uh, Acts 2, 44 through 47, it says this, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. I just want you to know this is the picture of the early church, okay? Uh, uh, Breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, this is Crystal and I's favorite verse and what we always claim over our church. He added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen. That's good word by itself. If you're taking notes, you can title this message, Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So, Lord, I pray right now that you'd use me to speak to the hearts of your people, Lord. You know everybody's circumstance. You know everybody's situation. 
you know, everything that's going on in their life. And Lord, I pray that this would be a word and season in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I love my home. I am, uh, I have always been a homebody. I like to stay at home. That's just, that's just me. Anybody else in here love home? Okay. There's a few of you. Uh, there's prayer at the end if you don't love your home. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I've always loved home. Even when I was a kid, I was good to go and hang out at people's house uh, until it got to be bedtime. And then once bedtime came along, it's time for me to go home. I'm ready to go to my house, get in my bed. Come on, there's nothing sissy about it. I'm a mama's boy. Don't, don't, don't judge me. Uh, mama cooks better than your mama. So, but... But, but here's, the, here's the thing is, I love my bed. I love my space. I love waking up in my I, And I'm still that way today. I love taking trips. I enjoy trips. I love going on vacation. But there is nothing like walking through the door of your home, right? You know where everything's at. You don't have to, you, you're not, you, I, I hate living out of a suitcase. I like just, I, I like just being able to just kind of spread out and enjoy life. But, you know, my dad was a pastor. And so as a pastor's kid, I kind of grew up with two homes. I grew up with the place that I slept, and then I grew up with church where I spent every other waking moment of my life. Right? That's, that, I, I had two homes, and it really did feel like that. And, and you can always spot, if you've come to church and you've been in church, that's cool. But there's a difference between coming to church and being a ministry kid. Because you can spot a ministry kid. They're sleeping over in the corner on the concrete, right? just laid out, just as comfortable as, that's just a ministry kid. And, 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 and I I spent so many hours at church. It was, it was incredible. I can't even tell you how many thousands of hours I've spent at church. And now here's the thing is that today's ministry kids, I don't even feel bad for you uh, because you get iPads and iPhones. Come on, Candace is with me here. You get iPads and iPhones. I could do anything For that many hours, if I have an iPad, an iPhone, and I can play video games. But here's the deal. All we had was Game Boys. And you were not bringing a Game Boy into the house of God, son. That's just not going to, that's the devil's playground. Come on, son. You you know what I I mean? This is the way, this is the day and age I grew up. You weren't worth watching Smurfs. No, the Smurfs are, are full of witchcraft and the devil. That's just the way it is. But, but uh, I grew up and I did, I did so many hours of church uh, that we would start church on Sunday morning and, and, you know, come on, it wasn't even a good church service unless it was two or three hours. I had a young man out in the, uh, the uh, I was saying goodbye to everybody and I said, hey, how are you doing? How'd you like service? He goes, it's too long. I was like, we do one hour services. If that's too long for you, son, I hope your dad does not take you to another church because it's going to be worse. It's going to get longer, right? And so, so we used to do two or three hour services on Sunday morning. We'd go to lunch. We'd go to church on Sunday night. Come on. We didn't get enough church on Sunday morning. We got to go Sunday night too. We had Monday night recovery groups. Come on. And you have to be there for all of that. We had Tuesday night. We did youth group. We had Wednesday night service because I've been in church every flipping day of the week. Why not do Wednesday too? And then Thursday we got bored. So we just did special services, whatever needed to be done. We just figured it out. We had Friday off and then Saturday we practiced for Sunday. 
This was my life, people. It still is my life. But th- this was my life, right? This is what I, I grew up doing. I just kept on. And, you know, and here's the thing is, is that I spent so many hours in church, and I've seen a lot of bad things. I've seen a lot of really bad things. I've seen church splits. If you've never been a part of that, it's when somebody comes along and they say, well, you know what, we don't like what you're doing. They take a huge amount of the congregation, start a church down the road. And it's just a horrible situation, a lot of hurt feelings. I've seen people, best friends, stab best friends in the back. I've seen a lot of bad things. I've seen a lot of weird things. Come on, you ever seen some weird things in church? Hey, I promise you this, you will never see anything weird at this church, okay? We're not a weird church. But I've seen some weird things at church. I, I, like uh, One of the weirdest things I've ever seen, and I still think is one of the weirdest things, is worship leaders that lead worship without, like, barefoot. You ever been to a church where they're leading worship barefoot? That is weird, okay? I, that's creepy. Put your shoes on. If, as soon as, I'm telling you right now, as soon as I see a barefoot worship leader, I know it's time for me to leave. I, I, I'm, ma- I'm making my way out. Anybody that gets on this stage and feels comfortable enough to take their shoes off and, and worship barefoot is immediately kicked out of the church. We say come as you are, but don't come barefoot, okay? Put some shoes on. right? Some weird stuff. There's some weird stuff that happens in churches. And, and uh, I've seen fights. I've seen all kinds of crazy things. And, you know, but I've seen a lot of amazing things too. I've seen a lot of lives changed, marriages restored, people healed. I've seen a lot of incredible things. And, and you know, even though I spent so many hours in church growing up, I still love the church. I, I mean, I really do. I love the church. I, I, I know right now there's all this chaos going on in, in, in our country, and there's all this racism, different things. Like, I really believe we're looking to the government, but we're looking to the wrong place. I really believe the church is the, the power that can change communities. I believe it's the church that's willing to link people together. I believe it's the church that really can transform regions. I believe that. I think the church is powerful. You know, I, I, and I grew up just loving the church. I love everything about church. And, and I think it's so important for us to realize that God has called us to be the church. I asked some people uh, this week as I was prepping for my message, I said, hey, let me ask you a question. And, um, I, and they, just random people, I said, what is church to you? And the most common response was, uh, like, uh, like that, that's what it, it was just completely, they just didn't have any idea of what to say, right? And they didn't know what to, well, how do I comment on this? And because most people refer to a church as a building, right. right? It's a place where you go. It's a, it's a building we go to. Oh, I go to fill in the blank and that's where you go to church. But the truth is, is the church is not a building. The church is a people. And, and you have to understand that God has called you to be the church. And a lot of times get, uh, we get so good at doing church that we forget to be the church. And what we, we want you to do is we want you to come in and understand that God has called you to be the church, not just in a church service, but when you go to your uh, workplaces. God has called you to be uh, uh, the church in your workplaces. God has called you to be the church in the grocery store. God has called you to be the church in your homes. God has called you to be the church everywhere you go. We have to always remember that God has called us to be the church. And let me just say this as a side note, parents, please. Make your kids come to church. Come on. 
This is going to be real popular, but I'm going to pastor you for a minute. Make your kids come to church. I, I have people that will say, well, you know what, Pastor Brian, I just don't want to force religion on them. And I don't want to force them to do anything. And my most common response is, do you force them to brush their teeth? Come on. Huh? Do you force them to go to school? Or do you go, do you feel like going, Johnny? No, no school today. Okay, no school. Stay home. Have a great day. Do you force them to take baths? Huh? If you're forcing them to do all of those things, why are you doing it? Because it's good for them. And they won't make good choices on their own, right? Here's what's amazing is if you understand that it's good for them and you have to force them to go to school, take a bath, and brush their teeth, why wouldn't you force them to do something that could alter their eternity? Why wouldn't you force them to say, you know what, I don't care what you do when you get out of my house. As long as you're in my house, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You're going to be in church on Sunday. My kids don't know that there's not an option. care what you feel like. Man, my, kid, my, my dad had one rule, is unless you were throwing up, you were going to church. And I'd be like, Dad, but I'm sick. He goes, good, you need to come to church. They, you get healed in church. Come on. I, I hear of parents uh, that ground their kids from church. What? The way that I got grounded was I had to go to more church. get away from church. I got, I had to go to more church. My, my parents were like, Oh, you, there's only one day up. Well, you're going to church. I'm like, dad, there's nothing going on. Well, you'll sit in the corner. You're going to church, right? You need more Jesus in your life and you're going to the house of God. That's it. Ground your kid from church. I'm ground my kids from school. Oh, you're really showing them, right? Come on. I love church. I think it's important that we don't just show our kids that we love church. We, we actually say, you know what? You're going to love church too. My parents made me spend thousands of hours in church, and I love them for it. They might, they, they might not love you for it now, but they'll love you for it eventually. Right? This is good preaching. What is church? It's not a building. It's a people, Right? There's a lot of metaphors that the Bible uses for church and uh, what the church is. A couple of my favorite is, number one, it's a body, right? And I love this analogy because it really begins to dive into this and says this, that it, it, just like the body has multiple parts, the church has multiple parts, right? And, and there's, no, there's nothing that's better than the other. That if we all begin to do and function and do what God has called us to do, come on, it, it goes on, it, it goes to say, why would the nose say to the eye, I have no need of you? No, that's silly. Why would you do that? And here's what it's saying. It's saying this, that everybody has a calling. Everybody has a purpose. And when you begin to understand that God has called you to function in the body of Christ, the body of Christ functions like it should. We're able to reach more. We're able to do more. I love that metaphor. You know, the other one I love is the bride of Christ. Now, I I don't think a lot of people get this. And honestly, I didn't get this until I got married. But, but what it tells me, whenever it says this, the church is the bride of Christ, it says this, that it tells me how much Jesus really loves his church. 
Like he really loves his church. You know, Crystal and I have been married uh, coming up on 16 years in September. Come on, 16 years of marriage. <laughs> Clap for her, not me. It's been easy for me. She has to put up with me, but, but 16 years of marriage. And, you know, here's the thing is I, there is a dating you and then there's a married you. Right? You know, y'all, all the married people in this place, you know that there's a dating you, there's a married you, right? Because when you're dating, come on, you're always dressed to impress. Come on, you're going to look good, right? You're going to always. But when you get married, you dress for comfort. Come on. You're sitting around the house, sweatpants and a big T-shirt, get over it right? I'm going to be comfortable. Uh, when you're, when you're dating, uh, you're always make sure that you have breath mints. You want your breath to just be perfect. Now eh, I'll order extra onions on my sandwich. Like I don't really care. I know that she loves me no matter what she'll get over it. Right. Uh, the dating you had never had gas. Something went eternal internally wrong with you sometime because the married you, wow. Did something die in, whoa, I'll just say this ladies, you'll put any man to shame on that guy, Lord Jesus, beautiful on the outside, rotten on the inside, right? There's a married you, there's a dating you, that's just the two different types, that's the there's these two different things, and we often think that we have to put on this fake front uh, in order to get people to marry it. But what happens is, is what's amazing is there were so many things that I didn't know about Crystal when we got married. I didn't know a lot of things, but whenever we, but as we began to, uh, as we were married and as we began to do life together and I wasn't alone anymore, I began to find out all these things that you'll never know about, but I, I found out about these. And here's the thing is that it did not make me love her less. It made me love her more. Right? She'll come out and no makeup, just woke up, hair's kind of messy. You know, she just, she comes out in, in her pajamas and, and I look at her and I think, man, she's beautiful. She thinks she needs makeup and she puts on makeup and tries to make herself and she goes, oh, I just need this on. And what, but the truth is, is that it doesn't matter. I think she's beautiful just the way she is. And here's what's amazing about the church. When Jesus looks at us, we think I got to dress up. I got to get everything together. I got to make everything right. I can't have any flaws. I got to look a certain way. But when Jesus looks at his church, when Jesus looks at you, he goes, I like you in sweatpants. I love you just the way you come. I love you with gas. Come on. I love you with bad breath. I love you any way you come. You come to me with your flaws, and I love you just the way you are. I know you're not perfect, but I love you anyway. That's what's amazing when you understand that we are the bride of Christ, that Jesus really does love you just as you come, just as you are. That's why we say come as you are, because Jesus says come as you are, just like you are, right? I, I think that a lot of people will come up to me and they'll say this. They'll say, Brian, I love Jesus. Love Jesus with all my heart. But I hate the church. And I'm always kind of taken aback by that statement. 
Because let's just do a role reversal here. And let's say that Brad comes up to me and says, Brian, I love you. You're an awesome guy. I mean, one day I want to be just like you. I mean, it's, it's possible. Why are y'all laughing? Right? Uh, well, I, I think you're awesome. I think you're amazing. I think you're incredible. You're, you're, you're just, I, I love everything about you, but I hate your wife. How many of you know I'm going to have a problem with that statement? Them, them fighting words, right? Me, he's bigger than me, but I'll, get, I'll call Jimmy. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have an issue with that statement. Because if you mess with my bride, if you talk bad about my bride, you talk bad about me. Why do we think as a church we can come in and say, well, I love Jesus, but I can't stand his bride. I'm here to tell you that his bride isn't perfect, but guess what? It's still his bride. And if you love Jesus, you should love his bride. And over and over, it says this, that he's building his church. He's the one working on it. He's the one building it. That's why it keeps moving. That's why it keeps going. Well, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Guess what? It's full of people. And last time I checked, people have a tendency to say one thing and do another. You don't have to go to church to find a hypocrite. Just walk out the front door or better yet, look in the mirror. Sorry. Huh? Hypocrites are everywhere. Hypocrites are at the gym. They're working out and they're eating pizza at lunch. Come on, they're hypocrites. Let's be real here, people. You know, here's the thing is if you came to this church and you're new here and you're sitting back and you're going, you know what? I'm looking for the perfect church. You have come to the wrong church. I can promise you this. If if you're coming to a church that says, "Uh, I want a church that knows everything, you have come to the wrong church. But I promise you this, that you've come to a church that knows one thing, and that's every person here is desperately in need of a Savior. And that without Jesus in our life, I don't know where I would be. That's why I come into church week in and week out, because I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I have weakness, and I know this, that when I get in his presence and when I get under his word, he begins to change me from glory to glory to glory, and I'm not the same person I was back then. I haven't made it where I want to go, but I'm on my way, baby. That's what church is. Church is powerful. It's the bride of Christ. And that's what we're all called to be. We're called to be the church. I just want to give you a few things that I think church is. Can I do that for you? And this is what I pray that our church is for everybody. And And I know a lot of you are in church, so I'm preaching to the choir. I get it. But you can just send somebody the podcast, right? Somebody that needs church. I do church under a tree, brother. No, you don't. Church is a place, come on, where people come together. Can I give you a few things church is? All right, you ready? Church is a refuge. I love this. Church is a refuge. Proverbs 30, 26 says this. The rock badgers are a feeble folk, 
yet they make their homes in crags. Some of you are like, what does this have to do with the sermons, right? Rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their home in crags. Now, here's, I was reading this, and as I was prepping for this message, I have no idea what a rock badger is. I don't know about y'all, but I've never heard of a rock badger. I don't know anything about it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of history on rock badgers so you'll kind of know what this is. Uh, they are uh, about 10-pound furry animal. And the reason why I'm waiting to show you the picture is because everybody will want one of these as soon as they see it. But, and you'll see this in their feet. They, their closest living relative is an elephant. Their feet look kind of like an elephant's feet. And, and what's amazing is, is that they're, they're just really cute. And I'll, I'll go ahead and show you the picture of a rock badger. Go ahead and show, put it up there. Oh, my gosh. I want one. I don't even know where you get rock badgers, but I want one, right? That's... Rock badgers are, are, they're extremely cute, right? And I began to read this verse and I thought, well, that's weird. Rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their home in crags. What is this? Like, how is this wisdom? This is coming out of Proverbs. How is it wisdom? What am, I, what am I going to learn from this? And that's why I began to study it. Because here's the thing is that although rock badgers are extremely cute, they have no natural defense against predators, Absolutely none. What, I mean, even though their closest living relative is an elephant, they only weigh 10 pounds. I mean, what are they going to do? Unleash 10 pounds of fury? Come on. There's, there's nothing there. I, I, I mean, and, and they have no natural uh, ability to defend themselves against predators. The only way that they're able to survive and the only way that their cute little selves are still around today is because they may, of where they make their home. They're able to make their home in cliffs way above where the predators can reach. They live in groups of about 80, uh, 80 other rock badgers and, and they make their homes high above the earth in cliffs where nothing else can get to them. And so here is the wisdom that you find in Proverbs. The strength of the rock badger is not found in itself. It's found in its refuge. It's found in where it calls home. And here's the thing is that's exactly what the church is supposed to be. Here's the deal is the rock badger doesn't act like it doesn't have weaknesses. It knows I don't have a lot going for me, but here's the one thing that I can do is I can get to a refuge. I can get to a safe place. I can get away from predators and I can call a a place home that will protect me from whatever comes my way. Here's the thing is the church is called to be a place of refuge. No matter you, you don't, we don't come in and act like we don't have weaknesses. We know we have weaknesses, but we have a place of refuge where you can come even if you're hurting or even if you're messed up, you can come boldly. That's what church is supposed to be. It's a place of refuge. I love this because I looked up some synonyms for refuge. And re- refuge is, it means this, it's a retreat. It's a hideout. It's a sanctuary. Come on. It's a port in the storm. It's a safe haven. I love, I love all of these, and I pray that this describes the church. No matter who you are or what you're going through, I want you to know that if you're looking for a place that's a safe haven, you found it. You might not have your act together. You might not have everything going for you. Guess what? You're, you're, it's okay. You come just as you are. I'm telling you this, that that's what we are called to be. Is we're, we're called to be a place for people. I love this. If you're 
you need to understand that on your way to heaven, you need a safe haven. You need a place to retreat. You need a refuge, a place to call home. I was looking it up in Urban Dictionary. I love this definition of church. It says the church is a sanctuary for the hurt and the betrayed. A place of forgiveness and restoration for the sick. That's what the church is called to be. A place of refuge. A place for the hurt and a place for the sick. The second thing the church is, is community. Church is community. Here at the church, we believe this, that we're not a church with small groups or community groups. We're a church of community groups. And we believe, we, the reason why we do that is not because we think that you need another thing to do. The reason why we do that is because we know that you need people in your life. Right? We, we, we believe the, the song that says one is the loneliest number, right? That, that's, we believe that. We believe that there are, there are people that we need in our lives, and, and we're really not supposed to do life alone. Verse 46 of Acts 2.46, it says this. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, come on, community groups, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. You know, what's important is, is that you don't need somebody just on Sunday. You need somebody on Monday. And you need somebody on Wednesday. And you need somebody on Friday. You need people in your life. And I love this. It says this, because they were all together with one accord and daily. I don't believe that that necessarily means that they were in church every day. I believe this. They had somebody that was in their life daily. You need somebody in your life daily to encourage you, to help you make it. Come on, to cheer with you, to celebrate with you. It's that important. You know, I went to, uh, on a trip when I was a kid, I, I really honestly hardly remember anything about the trip, but we went and visited the Redwood Forest. And uh, I have a picture of, of me by, by one of the Redwood trees. Have you, anybody ever been to the Redwood Forest? It's amazing. And uh, one thing that was inc- is incredible about redwood trees is that they'll grow to be about 379 feet tall. Wow. That's a big tree. And the base of them, I, the picture that I have, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a cutout tree where a car can drive through it. Incredible. Because it's 29 feet wide at the base. That's a huge tree. But what's amazing about the redwood is that even though it is this impressive tree, its root system really isn't that impressive. In fact, its root system will only go about six feet deep. It goes nearly 380 feet high, but its roots only go six feet deep. And the roots you would think would have to be huge, but they're just like a normal tree's roots. They're not that impressive. They're about one inch. Most of them are about one inch in diameter. And even though it doesn't go deep, and even though it doesn't really have impressive roots and strength, the reason why it's able to keep standing is because it goes wide. And the way it goes wide is its roots will stretch out 80 to 100 feet. 
until it finds the roots of the tree next to it. And when it finds the roots of the tree next to it, it begins to entwine its roots with the other tree's roots. So the way the tree is able to stand is not because it's impressive, it's because somebody next to it is going through the exact same thing. That's why church is community. It's not because you're impressive. It's because there's going to be wind, there's going to be storms in your life, and you're going to need somebody to link arms with. And I'm here to tell you right now, church, that you might have bought into a lie that you got to do life alone, and nobody will understand, but I'm here to tell you that when the winds rage, there is somebody that will link arms with you, that will pray with you, that will stand with you, that won't let you fall. If you're willing just to open your arms, reach out that's what church is you know we had a a a person in our church that I found out got the call that they were in the hospital I was never liked to hear any of our members going to the hospital and so I was like okay well I'll get there and I, I I got it got loaded up and I get to the hospital and I walk into the hospital and the person's community group is already there. I'm a pastor and they beat me there. I'm kind of like, oh yeah, you want to go? Come on. Trying to take my job? Is that what you're trying to do? And they look at me kind of like, what are you doing here? If we got this. I said, you know, I pray for them. They've already prayed for them. Said, okay, we're going to get some meals lined out for you. So as soon as you get, we've already got that taken care of, pastor. Thanks. If that hasn't been your experience here at the church, can I tell you it's because you're not in community? Because that's what we are. That's what a community group is. It's people that are praying for you. It's people that when they find out you're going through something, they're by your side. That's what church is. It's not a place that we just meet on Sundays. That's what church is called to be. It's somebody that's standing beside you and saying, I'm with you no matter what. That's what church is called to be. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. And Lord, I pray right now for this church. Lord, right now, we just thank you for everything that you've done. Lord, for all that you're going to do. God, we know that this fall is coming and school is coming back into session and everybody's going to be back in. Lord, I know this, that there's going to be a huge harvest of people that are coming in. And Lord, I pray for every person here that calls the church RC their home. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that we would remember that we're not just doing church, but that we are the church. And God, that as we go out of this place, that we'll go into our workplaces and we'll be the church. God, that we'll go into grocery stores and we'll be the church. God, that we'll go into schools and we'll be the church. God, that we'll be the church in our families and in our homes. Lord, I pray right now that we would always remember that this is a place of refuge. Lord, a place for the hurting, a place for the betrayed, a place for people searching for forgiveness. Lord, I pray 
that we would find strength in community. At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.